Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Hey, welcome to the show. It's Dr. Homebrew. Here we are. We're back again. We're here to talk about beer. Uh, and uh, we, today we have a mead. Beer and mead, yeah. We have a, we have a mead from a Swede. <laughs> I think he's listening. I like it. Uh, yeah, Swede Brew in the chat. You guys know him. Uh, he, he fired off a couple of meads. So maybe we'll have his second mead on the, like another show, like next month or something like that. Sounds good. Uh, but we're going to get here, him here on pretty quick, uh, whatever, I, whatever I said. Um, you know, it's early in Sweden. So I'm sure, I bet he loves that when Americans go, oh yeah, Sweden. <laughs> because I'm sure he never gets tired of it. I right. wouldn't personally. I never get tired of hearing people go, I am American. It, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, anyway, what, are you doing like accents or something? I don't know what I'm doing, okay. Brian. I'm going crazy. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, before I get any crazier, let's talk about Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Learn everything you need to know about cleaning and sanitizing your beers. Your your you know, not your beers, but your your brewing equipment, your fermenter, your your hoses, all that kind of stuff. Um, you got to clean it. You got to sanitize it. And the best people to do that for you are Five Star. Wouldn't that be great if they had actually a service that they just come and clean up? Star comes out. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh man, that'd be great. I think I would. I think I would. Got a ton of grungy carboys in my garage that you take care of, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they'll put the five star in the the PBW in. They'll just let it soak overnight. They'll come back the next day to clean it out. Yeah. Um, We're also drinking one of my beers. I brewed my oatmeal stout on the Pico Brew, and uh, to clean, I brewed it before uh, went on my uh, first anniversary to Hawaii, and thank you very much. And um, I came back, and the 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 Krausen level had you know peaked. It was a three gallon carboy, so it came up real high on the neck, and then dropped down. And it was I didn't I didn't want to scrub it. Filled it up, PBW water. Three hours later, it just it just came right off. It was amazing. Yep. So anyway, uh, fivestarchemicals.com, they're, they're great people. They support the show. You should support them um, because indirectly it comes back to us. And, uh, you know, we, uh, they're, they're good people. Look, we're good people. Five star good people. I'm pretty sure you guys are all right, too. So uh, we should all get in bed together. Um, okay, so yes, we have a mead. What kind of mead do we have, Brian? Where is that it's bottle? It's a Melomel. It's a cherry Melomel. A cherry Melomel. What is a Melomel? A Melomel is a, a fruit mead. A fruit mead. Okay. Cry. Oh, yes. hey, there's music there that shouldn't Cry. be there. <laughs> a little pavement for you guys. You just want to leave. Okay, let me get uh, Jonas on the line here. Uh, I looked him up on Skype, and there's like 18 uh, Jonases in Sweden. I was like, oh, fuck. Who's there? Which Jonas <laughs> yeah, in Sweden? Who is this? I have the wrong guy. Jonas, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. All right, how yeah. are you, man? You doing all right? I'm tired. Fine. <laughs> tired. Just like, let me get. It. Let's get this over with. I'm tired of dicking around. Uh, what time is it over there, man? Uh, yeah, I'm here. I have a, quite a bit of lag in here. Should I? Oh, you got a lag? Oh. 
Yeah, let me- why don't you try calling me? You try calling me. He's answering I'm gonna like hang up. two questions ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's, uh, let's pour this- this meat. You what guys already have- ones? oh, I already come on, dude. Nice, nice. So, uh, so yeah, while, oh, here he that. goes. He's calling back. So, uh, why don't you, uh, you know, Brian, why don't you go ahead and start, and, uh, I'll, I'll get, I'll get uh, Jonas yeah. on the line here. And, and the, uh, the bouquet and the aroma has a rich, uh, very rich cherry, and, uh, you know, some, obviously, there's obviously some alcohol there. It's, it's a nice, strong alcohol, but it's not, like, biting and harsh smelling. It's, it's a smooth alcohol. Yeah. But it's, it's obvious that it's there. Jonas, we got you, right? You're good? Yeah, I'm here. All right, there perfect. All right. Perfect. The, uh, yeah, so the, it's got a pleasant red wine-like kind of note to it, too. It really does. Like a dry white wine. Yeah, it's got the honey is coming across with an earthy intensity. Uh, it's not very sweetly, like, honey-like. It's not jumping out with, like, hey, there's a bunch of honey in here. Uh, you know, it's almost more wine-like, but it is it is characterful. Like, kind of a... I want to say there's, like, a little kind of leatheriness in there or something interesting, like a little tobacco in there. But I don't know. It's, like, what kind of... What kind of honey varietal was used, or if that's coming from something else? But um, just the dryness and the the, the wine yeast uh, throwing out some interesting uh, notes. But yeah, the the exact honey varietal was hard to get at. So I couldn't really, and that was not declared, so that's fine. It's got it's got some honey there. Um, it smells slightly acidic in the aroma, um, but yeah, appearance-wise, it's a nice. You should really see this. It's a rich reddish purple color uh, with excellent clarity. And, uh, yeah, it just looks like a glass of wine, like a glass of, a, you know, rich, like, Bordeaux or just uh, or a cab, you know. I'll take a photo and I'll post it on it's the uh, on the long, Dr. Homebrew post of this of this episode on the page there. Long-lasting legs that are, yeah, it just kind of goes up the side of the glass and leaves a, a lump and then slowly the legs will drip down. It's just, yeah. And there's, it's, it looks like it's not carbonated. The, the mead was declared as a medium sweetness and uh, it was obviously a sack mead because it's 14 and a half percent alcohol declared on the label so um, we didn't get a, a carbonation level on it but it looks uh, still flavor wise I, th I thought uh, when I ask you about carbonation on these meat score sheets uh, and the flavor no no carbonation <laughs> it, t it tastes like no carbonation and uh, but it's and the balance is definitely to the fruit in this one but still it's very pleasant that the the honey actually comes out a little bit more in the flavor even so, to me, the the cherry richness is is up front, a little ahead of that. the The acidity is kind of moderate, and it's a little smoother than I I thought it might be from the hints of acidity and and um, and that in the nose, uh, less than the aroma suggests. So it's it's giving a really smooth delivery of all that alcohol that's there. Thank you for that, and and the cherry and the honey uh, following that. So yeah, sweetness is a little more evident here. And it's, um, I would say it's kind of, it, it is semi-sweet as declared. It's got just enough sweetness to, to play off that cherry nicely. Um, the tannins in it are medium low. It's not too, too biting or too tannic, um, stringent. It's, uh, yeah, just, you get a nice pleasant honey in the aftertaste with the, alongside the, the cherry. Um, so yeah, whatever kind of fruit you used and how you used it, uh, you did a good job because it's not getting too, like, you know, too pithy or biting or you know two weird fruit characters just that nice candy like smooth cherry character that's really driving this to me so overall i thought it was a very nice melomel has plenty of cherry character to hold the taster's interests um you know the honey character is a bit obscured by it but it's it's there 
and it's definitely got some strong alcohol that's helping obscure some things in there too. So it's mm. you know, it's just definitely with a mead uh, with a melomel that's this this high in the fruit character, it's hard to get it what the what the honey's doing in there sometimes. But honestly, and this one that's fine with me. It's still nice and smooth, dangerously so I would say. And um, yeah, <laughs> if you wanted that honey character to come out a bit more, you could kind of back off the cherries just a touch. Although I, I like where they're at, especially in the aroma, uh, they're really coming through nicely and uh, a little less in the flavor, but um, I think you could get away with backing them off just a touch or use a more slightly, you know, more characterful honey if you want a little bit, little bit more of that. But honestly, I would kind of leave it alone. I, I gave it a 38. That was pretty, pretty excellent uh, mead. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. I didn't know it came from so far either. That's, that's pretty cool, man. Thanks for shipping it all this way. It is, right? I like it. Thanks to the Funkers. Uh, What's that? In Sweden. Yeah, uh, it was transported by a couple of friends from uh, Milk the Funk. Ah, they uh, hand carry oh, from Milk the Funk. Exactly. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, who, who lives in San Diego and we nice. in Stockholm uh, this summer. And yeah, those guys uh, had are a cool, bottle, man. bottle share at my place. Very nice. Yeah, I like the Milk the Funk uh, page. And that, they do some cool stuff, man. Yeah, that sounds cool, man. Uh, all right, Keith, go for it, dude. I will do my best here. I'm a, I'm a master beer judge, but I have to be honest and say I'm a novice mead judge. Uh, made some meads, but um, starting off, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I feel like Brian and I really were in the same place here, but I got a strong cherry juice like aroma. Um, definitely could tell you know, there's some alcohol here. Um, I think the other fruit I got was grape, um, but very, very reminiscent of wine as well. Yeah. Um, Honey is low. I'm not getting a ton of honey on the on the uh, on the bouquet. Um, kind of having a hard time picking that up, but it really just comes across mostly as you know that cherry juice and then some wine-like characteristics. But otherwise, you know, really really clean. Um, you know, appearance. You know, I was amazed first of all. I forgot the score sheet for meads gives six points for appearance, so I gave it a six for six for appearance. It's just awesome looking. You know, it has. It's it's wine like, but it's also you know some some red hue to it as well. A little you know a little less purple, more red, um, but uh, brilliantly clear. Uh, you know this is this is still mead, so it you know there's no there's no bubbles or anything. It's not it's not a little bit you know carbonated or anything. It's it's perfect there. Um, flavor the honey became a lot more apparent in the flavor, and kind of Brian was touching on that too. Um, I thought the fruit flavor sort of took a little bit of a, a dip there. Um, I, I really, you know, I like my mellow mels to be a little more fruit forward, but, you know, there really should be a balance. But um, I thought maybe the one thing, you know, and this is going more to the overall impression in the end, too, but I wish there were probably a little bit more acidity, uh, you know, especially with the cherry, too. A cherry can have um, a little bit of tartness to it. I think that would help this out just a, a little bit there. So I was looking for that in, in the flavor, and there really wasn't much there. It was just kind of sweet. Uh, you get the honey, and you get a lot of the cherry, and, and you know, a little, maybe a little apple esters too. But you know that that was, bit, and the tannins were low, which actually worked out quite well um, in in this. Um, overall, really, just you know, I said super, super tasty. I, I thought it was still a little bit hot. I, I'd be interested in hearing how old it is, but anything at fourteen point five is going to taste a little bit, <laughs> a little bit warming anyway, no matter what. But yeah, I, I, it was definitely very, very, very enjoyable. Like I said, the only things I would look for maybe making it a little bit more tart. Um, maybe somehow getting more cherry flavor, like the fl it kind of flipped on me. Like the aroma was very much cherry forward, and then the flavor was a little more honey forward, which is like I said, acceptable and probably really works well together. But I would, 
I know I like I like the the cherry aroma, and I was like, oh, I was expecting a lot more cherry in the flavor, and it was still there, but it was just a little bit more subdued. Um, but I think yeah, the, the little bit of a, a tartness there would probably kick it up a little bit too. And I don't know why I just said kick it up. That sounded like it was terrible. I apologize for that. I gave it a 37. Thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, sometimes you get those fruit meads like, you know, Kurt Stock makes the melomels that are just like so much fruit character in them that mm. just blows you away. And, and you know, I mean, and you still get some of the honey, too, and he really does a good job with them and, and getting that balance right. I don't know. You know, I've listened to him talk at some of the, the homebrew conferences and stuff, and, and, and yeah, there's some, some good uh, mead makers out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is getting right up there for sure. Well, Jonas, uh, tell us a little bit about the honey. I think that was kind of a question that we all had. Uh, uh, this one, the, the, the Mellow Mel is um, fermented with, uh, I think it's uh, a blend of, of uh, uh, early uh, summer uh, honey here in Sweden. It's, traditionally, it's like uh, forest fruits and, uh, and uh, thistle and uh, it's a... Uh, Variety of uh, of uh, many kinds of, of uh, flowers. Okay, just a, so a wild a wild flower yeah, honey. Yeah, it's a wild flower. Okay, cool. And very mild in its intensity, and and I usually use those uh, for melomels or methaglins. And yes, for the 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 other one you got is uh, it's linden honey, and that's um, I use that uh, straight up. Just okay. to get the taste from the, the linden. Well, we'll look forward to trying that one. What yeast yeah. did you end up using in this one? Uh, this one I used, uh, let me see, uh, 71B. Okay. What's that from? The Narbonne? La Lalevin, Narbonne? Uh, 71B. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, it has an alcohol tolerance of 14, but uh, when you play it with the, the Tosna nu nutrient regime, uh, you yeah. can have it up at uh, 15 or 15 and a half I've yeah uh, got some uh, the age is uh, it's pretty young it's uh, brewed at, uh, in the middle of uh, June oh okay bottled uh, a month after uh, yeah. the clarity comes from bentonite uh, okay it works wonders bentonite. cool I'll have to try that yeah yeah and and cold crash it for a uh, uh, like uh, oh, 32 uh, Fahrenheit at in a week, and then it's crystal clear. And you said it was a staggered. Um, I, I kind of missed that for a second there, but it was. Yeah, yeah, it's a staggered. The, the, the Tosna, the, the tailored organic uh, nutrient. The Melovina um, Meadery, he got a, he has a, a web uh, address. Uh, I think it's called. Uh, 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 you have him. You ha have had him on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he. I think he, he put out a couple of videos, right, on on yeah. how to do staggered ferments and and whatnot. And it's uh, ferment O. It's not uh, the it's traditional not the, DAP and. Uh, it's not the K. Fermate. The ferment K. No, he uses only strictly ferment O. Okay. The organic nutrient. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, so uh, did you do any early uh, oxidation? Uh, you know, did you uh, kick out the CO2 and add some oxygen early on in the fermentation too? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I always use a first couple uh, days or so. A stone, a stone and a yeah. CO2 tank. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, the first, the first, uh, I, when I pitched the yeast, uh, I made a big yeast slurry with a half a gram of yeast per 
per liter. So it's like uh, cool. Two grams per per um, gallon. Okay. Of, of, um, of um, yeast. It's starting gravity at uh, uh, eleven eighteen. Oh yeah. So the website is uh, meadmaderight.com. Yeah, the Tosna thing. That's, yeah. That's yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Well, so. it seems to be working. How, uh, how did you handle the cherries? I mean, this color yeah. is great, and this flavor is amazing. Yeah. Um, I almost always uh, uh, ferment the, the, the honey first. Uh, and um, then I uh, rack it over to, to uh, other vessels, or often the cakes or, or um, glass growlers or glass uh, jugs. Uh, and then I can uh, do methaglins or uh, whatever. And this one I put, uh, I, I divided up in three different uh, conicals, uh, carboys. Uh, one got uh, every, uh, all three of them uh, got, uh, let me see now, uh, calculate liters to, to gallons. And well, that's okay. We, we, can, we can have our listeners do that. You just, yeah, you don't got to worry about that. Two pounds per gallon, frozen, thawed, and beat the crap out of the, the, <laughs> the um, cherries. Two pounds per gallon, okay. So you froze them to break up the plant matter. And, yeah. And, uh, They're pitted, of uh, course, and throw, yeah. No, no, no I, I uh, mashed it with the, um, surgical gloves, uh, so it just got mushed, and then uh, put it through a, a very coarse um, uh, mesh filter. Okay. So uh, uh, the juice and the, the skins and, and the, the meat uh, uh, on the one side and uh, and I could collect all the, the, the pith from, uh, uh, separately. And then I put okay. like 5% of the total pith uh, got uh, oh, the, the seeds oh, okay. in there. So yeah. Put a little bit in there. Because <clears throat> you get some character from that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get too much... Uh, if you have every every last, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too much of that. And then that you had to, uh, are, you, are you punching down your fruit in there and secondary? Yeah, yeah, uh, but, yeah. but it's uh, thawed and, and mushed, so it, it dropped uh, pretty quick. It dropped mm. down pretty quick. Okay, yeah. it, it's um, refermented yep. that fruit, and um, then I. Uh, the one you got uh, got another uh, after fermentation stopped. It got uh, another two pounds per gallon. So you got the, the double cherry. Wow. Oh, okay. After fermentation, you you added another two pounds of cherries yeah. per gallon. Uh, and it's fermented for a couple of days. Uh, oh, it did. I, I don't think it's fermented all the way down. Okay. With the second uh, fruit. So you you okay? So you fermented the honey. Added the cherries, yeah. that fermented, then you racked it off and you added more cherries and then that fermented a little bit also? So I, I now have um, one uh, single cherry and one double cherry and then uh, the third one got a, a whole lot of chocolate. So oh, okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought you were going to say triple cherry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought so too, but Send us a the chocolate yeah. sounds great. Yeah, yeah, but it's too tannic right yeah. now. Yeah, no, okay. The chocolate is uh, too tannic. Or even cocoa nibs would be, probably might yeah. be good, too. Um, what well, about any acid treatments or any uh, additions? Uh, no, my, my, uh, my water here is uh, quite soft. It's like mm, pills yeah. of water. It's, we have nothing of nothing. 
Good, good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's not minerally tasting at all. It's nice. Oh, it's a really good wine or mead. Yeah. Honey wine. Sometimes right? it depends on the honey. Uh, hmm. The pH is uh, all over the place with with different honey. So so uh, I always um, uh, check the pH and and for some I need to to have a, a little bit of, of calcium, mm-hmm. although okay. carbonate uh, to to balance the, the pH upwards. Okay. Um, well, do you have any? questions for the guys on, on what they were tasting or, or any sort of um, you know recommendations they're both uh, mead makers but I mean it tastes like and sounds like you kind of just are right on it you're paying a lot of attention to what you're doing there yeah yeah I, we're not as much as uh, we're from we're the Nordic uh, country we should uh, <laughs> you should know what you're doing yeah, yeah. But, uh, I guess I, I realize that is pretty. That's pretty silly. It's like well, we're uh, all American uh, yahoos, and we just go for it, man. Yeah. Dump stuff in there and ferment it, and Don't see you? how it comes yeah. out. Like you know, <laughs> and then drink it and go drink blind. It, get drunk and go blind. Uh, yes. Well, do we have any questions for for Jonas? I mean, it's one more I would have, and, right. and we didn't really touch on this. Was the temperature of fermentation when you were ah. you know your your primary? You know, when when you first started fermenting, did you control that, or how did you know what yeah, did you do? I always controlled my my beer, my side. My my meats everything is uh, temperature controlled. This one is uh, let me see 18, deg- 18 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is Fahrenheit. <laughs> I'll look it up. Yeah, we'll do the math. Uh, standard, but it kicking ass uh, because it's uh, uh, I have so much uh, yeast and, and the 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 Tosner regime is uh, is excellent. Do you back off the the amount of nutrient because there's a lot, so much fruit in there, or well, you're not putting fruit in the primer, so you're fermenting nope. just the honey. And yeah. Yeah. You, so you just give it the full regimen there of what it needs. That's cool. I'm gonna yeah. I actually yeah. I've been following the the shram and the that stuff, and I've been doing more with my meats. You know the DAP with uh, with the regular. Um, uh, for made K, like about two thirds to one third. But I'm gonna look into this. This is cool. I use that uh, sometimes. When, yeah. uh, the the Fermido is very hard to, to get here in Sweden. So, so ah. Oh, okay. You have to buy them from Morbier, but the, the shipping is. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. yeah well, and some of the some of the yeasts have higher nitrogen needs too. So yeah, you want to keep them happy. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jonas. Well, we'll let you go and, and start your day. Clock <laughs> um, here. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate you getting up early and joining us, man, and and uh, for making sure these meads got here. And let's talk to you next month. We got that other one still. Yeah, yeah sure. That's so. even uh, more alcoholic. <laughs> Perfect. I yeah. can't wait. Okay, yeah, <laughs> go have a beer. Skip your day. Just have a beer. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Doctor's order. There yes. you go. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jonas, take it easy, man. Cheers. Thanks again. Thanks for sharing. Thank you very much. All right, bye. bye. Good oh, that meat. That's good, man. Cool. Yeah. Right? All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about my oatmeal stout. I'm excited about this, uh, and I want you to be too. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. 
homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Admit it. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. the examination. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Before we get to it, I want to tell you guys about the Beer Bug, our good friends at the Beer Bug, the good sponsors of the show. Uh, and if you don't know about the Beer Bug, go to beerbug.com. It's a rad website. Uh, it's a rad product that basically sits on the top of your carboy. It, you drop a little uh, anchor or a little weight uh, inside your beer, and it gives you the exact starting gravity, the finishing gravity, the current gravity, I should say. Uh, you can hook it up to tell you the... Um the temperature of what's going on. So while you're at work slaving away, uh, you can you know spy on your yeast that are slaving away in your carboy, man, with the uh, with the app. It'll sync up or blink. It's a new technology they got there, uh, and it'll sync up with your app, and you can just look at it, check it out, and go, hey, it started fermenting. That's great. Because there's look, I tell you, there's nothing worse. You guys know this. There's nothing worse than like pitching your yeast late at night, uh, and then going to you check on it in the morning and nothing's happening. Yeah. And then all the whole day you're like, God, is it working? I don't know. Uh, with the beer bug, you know. 
and you know when it's done fermenting and uh, uh that to me is is probably the best the best thing because it's not sitting in your carboy for extra days just hanging out you can get it out get into a keg brew yeah, again i get that i brew on sundays a lot because it's you know like i'm always playing gigs or something on a saturday and it's like oh wait uh Time to brew. Okay. Then, <laughs> Time to brew, man. And then now, like, yeah, I have the, the, the Pico, the Zymatic also, so I'm brewing, I'm fermenting in kegs, so I don't always see it taking off or, you know, I see, yeah. you see it's bubbling or not, but you don't see what's going on inside there as much either. So it's kind of, yeah, like, I feel blind. <laughs> so check it out, the Beard Bug. It's a cool, it's a cool product, man. I, I dig on it. Uh, okay, let's talk about my beer. <laughs> Maybe it's the aluminum that made you blind. <laughs> Maybe it's the yes. aluminum, man. Too much aluminum from Chris. Thanks, Chris. So this is a beer I've been working on for a long time. I, I, and, uh, you know, like that. That's all I'm going to say. It's not, I always, uh, that's not true. I always enter it, or I haven't entered it in a while, but whenever I did, I would always get like, it's really not an oatmeal stout. Do you have uh, thorough notes on your stout? I do. I have the recipe and everything okay, right cool. here. Um, so why don't you guys go ahead and and, and, and start, um, Keith? I'll let you I'll let you fire it off here first. Cool. Okay. Uh, medium sweet malt. I got some dark chocolate. Uh, light coffee. Some mild esters. I'd probably say they're in red apple like. No diacetyl. No acetaldehyde. I'm not like any hops either. Some medium dark fruit. A little bit like uh, dried prunes. A hint of licorice, and then. As it warms now, and you know, actually, as I'm tasting it a second time, it's some more toastiness and nuttiness as well. It's very, very dark brown. I don't think it's quite black. Um, not quite opaque. Uh, tan head. Not a ton of retention, but I think as we were pouring it, it didn't look like it had a ton, ton of carbonation either. So in flavor, I'm getting some medium coffee and dark chocolate flavors, low, medium low swap malt sweetness. Um, it's it's pretty dry in the finish. The balance is definitely still toward the malt though. Um, not a lot of hops. I'm not getting a hop hop flavor either. Um, not overly sweet. Very clean. Um, getting some plum prune notes, and I think that's pretty much it there. No, like I said, no hmm. off flavors at all. Okay. All right. Medium full body. Uh, creaminess is medium low. Uh, no alcohol warming and medium low carbonation. Um, really, really enjoyed this beer overall. Uh, it seems very sessionable. I'm not sure about the alcohol content. Maybe it's been, maybe after having the mead, it, everything seems mes- <laughs> sessionable. <laughs> meshable. Oh I can't even say the word sessionable yeah, right. after having the mead. Right. Uh, so Now who has brain damage? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it reminded me really a lot of a, you know, and the guidelines talk about this a lot too, but it reminds me more of like a, a beefed up Irish stout more than a, a full on like, you know, sweet hmm. stout or, or a, uh, oatmeal stout sort of, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's lacking sort of the creaminess and, and silkiness that, that people talk about. Um, but mm-hmm. really enjoyable, really flavorful beer. Love the, the toastiness and, and sort of the, the dark chocolate and, coffee but not it's kind of like you know i don't know medium roast or low roast coffee sort of flavors going on there not really like you know a heavy roast love the the the, sort of the control no astringency from the dark malt a lot of times you have uh stouts and competitions and people enter and get a ton of astringency i'm not seeing that here at all i really love that that fact about it cool yeah i hate that i've been i've been trying to knock that down a little bit i've actually had to come back 
and give a little bit because I've knocked down all the astringent really malt. Anyway, sorry, good. Yeah. No, I mean that's 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 I think that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, 36. Okay. Hi, right, Brian. Um, okay. Treat me right, JP Daddy. Beer. Treat me right, it's Daddy. Horrible. It tastes like <laughs> ass. I can't drink this shit. Sorry. Perfect. Ten points. Done. <laughs> Love it. Oh wait, no. Um, wrong beer. That was the one you gave me last week. That's right. Um, aroma wise, uh, it has a nice, rich roastiness, but smooth. Uh, with pleasant coffee and sweetness, kind of the coffee and cream thing you want a little bit in the aroma. Um, I got a little toffee too as it warms up, and some other nuttiness, like uh, like Keith was saying, it's changed a little bit. Uh, it wasn't like super cold when we first tasted it, though, so I think we we were able to judge it pretty well. Uh, it has like nice cocoa and chocolatey notes. Um, no hops really to detect. Uh, that's fine. Low kind of a. I do feel like I get a low grainy oatmeal like note. Like I make oatmeal for my son almost every morning. And I like just that smell of the hmm. you know the nice. Uh, Grainy oatmeal uh, is in there. Okay. Low esters are in check, kind of out of the way. No DMS or diastole. It's clean. Uh, Appearance-wise, again, yeah, very rich, dark, dark brown, almost black color. Uh, the clarity is hard to determine, but it seems pretty clear. Uh, low pale tan head that faded soon after pouring and uh, has some finer and larger bubbles kind of circling the, the glass. So uh, I, I gave it a full three points for appearance, though. I think you, you brought it in this uh, container that you, you poured it into that, that we got from those guys a few shows ago with all the metal containers. and Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. I've used that, too. Uh, but um, I like the thing. Yeah. 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 It seems like you might have lost a little carbonation from the keg to this. But that's Yeah. Cool. I mean, I so I flushed it with CO2, um, and then I didn't have time to clean the tube or whatever that I normally use, so I just filled it from the tap. And I, I figured it, and I capped yeah. on foam. I, I figured it would be a little, a little less vibrant than it usually yeah, is. Yeah, I brought some beer to a meeting like that too. Like, yeah, oh, it I just got, I got the beer to the meeting. Right, and that's really what it is, man. Like you know, it, I, I bottled it. You did it today at right? like six yeah. eleven tonight. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. it was a full four hours ago. Be fine. Yeah, I knew it'd be all right. A little low. So yeah, giving it the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Flavor-wise, rich malt with, you know, again, roast coffee and dark chocolate in tandem, just nicely coming across um, all those those notes you want to hit. Um, clean ale fermentation apparent. Um, it balances the malt. I thought it, it was just a little bit on the acidic side. Like, I don't know how mm. you treated your water to, to get rid of that uh, astringency. If you're coming back a little bit. You know, I don't know if you want to go back a little bit the other way. I don't, I'm not sure where it has been and where it is going, but we'll talk about your water and that stuff, too. Okay. Um, now, if you check your pH and stuff. It's but, very uh, complex. Yeah. I got a very complex water profile going on. Yeah. So it actually finishes pretty dry, and I would like a little more sweetness in the in the the end of this beer, like just to, to let those flavors roll off the tongue a little longer. It kind of just dries off and goes away. You get this... But you do get a nice, rich, malty, roasty aftertaste still. It dries off, and you're left with that. Uh, no DMS or diacetyl to detract. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, it's a medium body, not quite as, as full as I'd hope. These should be a little chewier, a little thicker, and a little creamier. Uh, but, yeah, the carbonation is low. And it, you know, it may help to push that up a bit, too, to, to drive some of those things a little bit. The, the creamy smoothness from a, a silky kind of carbonation thing may, you know, may help it a little bit, but... 
Um, it's still somewhat creamy and smooth, I thought. There's, uh, the dryness is kind of preventing it from shining through and expressing itself like that. Um, but again, it's not astringent at all, uh, despite all the dark greens in here, which is nice. And I, I wouldn't want to get away from that. So there's no warmth. Uh, so yeah, just nice, clean, middle-of-the-road uh, beer for, yeah. Uh, just, again, I want a little more carbonation here, a little more creaminess in the mouthfeel. Yeah, for but sure. overall, very nice oatmeal stout. I thought, you know, it, it has enough of the characteristics for an oatmeal stout. I've done somewhere like a great oatmeal stout recipe from a guy in my club, and then it like you know we brewed it, and it it came out tasting like like Keith said, like oh, it's a it's a beefed up Irish stout or something. You know, mm. like it doesn't have that the the silkiness that I wanted, and so yeah, it's an it, elusive thing. But when he, when you said that, Keith, that it was like yeah, okay, I see that. I see that. That's fair, dude. Yeah, super fair. Like a coffee Irish stout or something yeah, like that's that. Pretty, it's pretty common. It's, it's yeah. something you see a lot in competitions. You just don't. Yeah, it's like how to how to actually manage to get that. that I think it's a, it's, just yeah. a, it's a bit too dry. And if you brought up the sweetness a little bit, maybe bring up the mash temp a little bit and play with the water profile to prevent it from being too acidic. Uh, but and again, and are, maybe change your recipe and have somebody else brew it. Then I think you'd be set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a fine point. It's a very good stout, JP. Uh, Thanks thank for you. coming on the show. Appreciate it. And, thank you. For, where's um, my Where's my grog tag? We're gonna. <laughs> where are my grog tag? I gave it a 36 as well, actually. So okay, it's a yeah, wow, it's a very good beer. Thank you very end, much. Very good. I'm very I'm very impressed with myself. Right now, the pico, the pico. I, I could get the recipe from you and make some myself. Yeah, you and definitely tweak the can. Recipe. Like we could take it from here and we can have a little. Side and we could tweak it out. Like, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. So, like I said, man, <clears throat> this is something I've been trying to make for uh, uh, several years now. My, my uh, I think the one of the best oatmeal stouts uh, out there is Anderson Valley oatmeal stout. Oh yeah. But I, for me, it's too high alcohol. I like. I want it. So I want like an obsession. Right down to earth. Yeah. Obsession oatmeal stout. But I have, and every time I enter this uh, uh, variation on this recipe, um, I, the same comments you guys get, pretty much same scores. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't meet those kind of those like higher, finer points of an oatmeal stout, um, and I'm struggling to be okay with that. So, what's your malt bill? So uh, now this is for uh, two and a half gallons. So you guys are gonna have to do some math if you want to uh, replicate this. It is uh, 4.8 pounds. Uh, no, excuse, four pounds eight ounces of British two row. Because I like that kind of sweet deal. Yeah. Uh, Twelve ounces of flaked oats. 6.4 ounces of crystal 80. Wait, 12 ounces of flaked oats in a two and a half gallon batch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Man. I think yeah, I think it's twelve percent or something yeah, like that. I, I forget. Hell of a lot. Because I, I've always tried to push it because I don't get that creaminess. Okay, I'll give you more. I'll give you a little <laughs> bit more. Like and, and I've gotten those comments. Yeah. It's not enough. So I don't know if there's some some other thing that I'm missing that kind of helps to move the mouthfeel. Well, Maybe it's the uh, yeah. pH in the water. I don't know. No, I think, and I got it in the aroma, but I just yeah. not not the right mouthfeel. Yeah, it's uh, so. Are you, are you using any flake barley at all? I mean, that's no. another yeah. another something on top of it. You can use probably both. To accentuate the, the, the okay. creaminess there too, but okay, I can and try that. Some people toast their oatmeal, anyway, different things. But yeah, yeah. Can, continue on, please. Um, please. Eight ounces of British pale chocolate. 
Nice. Uh, I love pale chocolate. I can't. I, I used to use chocolate, and then I found out about pale when chocolate. When you discovered pale chocolate, you never went back. No, man, I never yeah, did. I love it too. Um, Four point eight ounces of British roasted barley, and that's kind of the thing. I've, so I pulled out all the black patent from any stout because I, I can't. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. I've been using roasted roasted barley and pushing it back up because for a while I didn't have any of that, and I just used pale chocolate. And I was getting a lot of comments like it tastes more like a brown porter. It doesn't really have that stout. And you, you need some of that acidity, I think, f- to define it as a stout. Hey, so this is a stout. Yeah. So you um, got some roasted barley in there. And then last but not least, I used 3.2 ounces of, uh, it says debittered black here, but I actually I, I pulled an audible at the homebrew shop at Morbier, um, and I put in midnight wheat. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think there's like some sort of, toasty weedy kind of thing happened and that it was kind of new to me uh, yeah, i had never used it before and i was like fuck it why not play with the oatmeal with the wheat and the oatmeal yeah yeah um and then it's half an ounce of northern brewer uh at 10.2 percent alpha which i thought was pretty high for northern brewers it does seem high uh 0.3 ounce and that's for 60 minutes 0.3 ounces of uh bkg that's 4.5 uh acidity or alpha acid for 15, and then uh, 0.25 ounces of Kent Goldings um, at 5. 152 mash. That's it. Um, I used uh, White Lab San Diego Super Yeast for fermentation, which maybe is a little too aggressive. It, 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 it kind of crushed it. Yeah, what did it finish at? 10, 12. Yeah. Uh, started at 10, 48. So it's well, you know, almost 5%. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but I don't do anything with my water like at all. I, I carbon filter it, and that's it. Okay. So, and your water up here is is pretty pretty hard, right? Isn't it minerally um, and whatever you, alkaline or yeah? Are you checking the pH on the mash when you're? Okay. No, I need. I would. Yeah. I no. I I should though. I should use the eye dip. We have an eye dip. And if your water's kind of like ours, I'm sure it's decent for making dark beers. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, that's really all I kind of make. Every once in a while, I'll throw a, a light bill, like a lighter beer in there, like a pale ale or a Belgian pale or whatever, and yeah. it just never. It's never crisp. It's never you know. So I just kind of stick to these because I, I feel like it does make a little, uh, better darker beer. Yeah, where where I live, if I make a dark beer, it'll be too acidic if I don't mess with my water at all. There's there's not enough. Uh, to balance the, the water out, you know, it's, it ends up just going down to, you know, mash goes into the fours and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, there's just not a lot, not a lot of sulfate content or uh, carbonates in general, just in, in general, you know, everything. So it's kind of, it's something that to think about making dark beers, but. I thought you said you were playing with your acidity just with the malts, or yeah, well, no, not playing with my acidity, but playing with well, the acidity in the malts, like the bitterness of the malts, like the yeah. the, the black roasted Getting barley and that the, kind of shit. The stringency. Getting rid of that, yeah, that's what I meant. How do you? How do you do that? What's what's your method of getting rid of the stringency? I I ditched the black roasted barley. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just or uh, uh, no black patent. I, black I ditched patent. the black patent. Yeah. For me, that's that's the grain that is just turns me off to stouts because you'll get those that just taste like charcoal. You get a pint of charcoal and it's like this is not <laughs> right. this is not good, dude. Yeah. So that's 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 really it. That's all I did. I didn't do anything special. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's still some of that there. These same grains and mash them with a, you know, the wrong water and 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 over sparge it. You can get some astringency if you try really hard. No, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it'll I happen. Can, I can do that. <laughs> whatever you're doing is, yeah. is is working. It's okay. Um, but uh, maybe bump up the the mash temp a little bit the next time. Try to 
get the sweetness up there a little bit. I think it's okay. going to play with the... I mean, I, yeah, it, it or, kind of depends if you really want to make this beer be a winner in competitions or if you just enjoy it the way it is. You know, that's the tough part about it. Like, if you yeah. want it to be a little bit better, make it a higher gravity beer and add more sweetness to it and, you know, go through those sort of steps. But if, I, I mean, I think it's enjoyable. Like I said, it was sessionable and it ended up that I was right that it is actually a sessionable beer. <laughs> yeah. The first couple of beers we had today, I'm like, wow, that's, you know, I mean, the, the mead, you know, obviously, but, you know, yeah. having stuff. Um, you know, like, oh, this is an alcoholic beer. And, and this one was like, yeah, this is really easy to drink and I really enjoy it. And it's like, well, do you want to go that direction or do you want to make it something that's like, hey, I'm, I can bump it up to 1056 OG and probably win some competitions, but I won't like drinking it as much. And yeah, what, what do you want to do there? It's kind of a tough, tough call. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, so maybe I will now that I have the Pico, I'm not brewing 10 gallons of this stuff. I can I can kind of do that. And maybe I will enter it in HC. Who knows? Um, but speaking of the iDip, <laughs> you go to smartbrewkit.com, use TBN10 at checkout, save 10, per, uh, 10 bucks, excuse me, not 10%, $10 on the standard or the advanced smart brew testing kit. Uh, the iDip is amazing. It's a handheld uh, photometer system. It's the first and only one on the market, by the way, with its own app. You can use it in your home brewery or your commercial brewery, if you happen to be a commercial brewer. Uh, it's the only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed. Pairs via Bluetooth, updates on the app instantly, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are. Uh, you shake the little uh, you know, pre-treated strip in the four mils of water. Bam, 20 seconds later, you have your exact water profile. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more. Uh, actually, over 40 different water quality test kits. So um, you can email the results to your brewers, post it to your Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. It's patented. It's safe. It's simple. There's no math. There's no titration. There's no nothing. You don't have to do anything. It's amazing. Smartbrewkit.com. TBN10 is the code. Save 10 bucks, dude. Just on the standard or advanced. Uh, well, I'm glad you guys like the beer. Yeah, thanks for bringing it, man. I'm kind of glad you did. I like it too. I like it too. Um, we so we do have prizes to give away. I wonder what prize I'm up for. <laughs> um, did we score the mill mill higher? Yeah. Are we gonna give away prizes right now? No, no. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll see if I totally beat Jonas's ass. Uh, or not, uh, and maybe I'll steal all his shit. I don't know. Who knows? Can I win stuff? I think I can. I think I can win stuff. Sure. I'll say my wife brewed it. That way, there's no conflict of interest. There you go. Anyway, it's Doctor Homebrew. Hang on, we'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. 
Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Um, speaking of things that stick with you, our friend Nico Brew has all the hops you're looking for, for your standard recipe staples to those hard-to-find hops. After seven years, Nico Brew is still offering their famous $5 shipping, which uh, I tell you, it's hard to find anywhere, man. Uh, and with their super-fast turnaround, you'll be brewing in no time. All of their hops are nitrogen flushed and vacuum sealed in Mylar packaging to make sure you get the freshest hops available. They even have commercial accounts available to pro brewers and homebrew shops. Check out the new Nico Brew swag, like onesies for toddlers, or uh, babies, I guess, tees for toddlers, and even something for your grown-ups out there. There's a lot of, lot of shirts, man. Uh, head over to NicoBrew.com today for all of your hop needs. We like Nico Brew. Yeah, my, my toddler good dude. doesn't wear onesies anymore. He doesn't. Well, now that you can get a Nico Brew uh, toddler shirt, I should get him one. I think you should. I think you should, man. Um, okay. S- speaking of stuff that we should do, let's give away some. Let's give away some things. Okay. What do you think? So it comes down between me and Jonas. You guys tied. We tied. Almost. So I should. So I'm assuming that I won everything. That I get uh, not only the grog tags, but we're also giving away uh, the catalyst from uh, oh Kyle over at uh, Craft Brew. Yeah, I think I'm up for like a lot of awards. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Did I win? You won the Biggest Loser Award, so I think you get the grog tag. <laughs> what? Uh, no, Jonas's meat was great, dude. I I uh, I'm glad that he beat me handily. Uh, I'll give him both awards. I don't I don't need. I don't need to win things. I can't win things. Although, as much oh. as I would like to get uh, a $40 gift certificate to Grog Tag, friend of grogtag.com, Damn. not only do you do, do a custom shirt or custom signs and tap handles and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, but now they're starting to offer custom t shirts too. So Well, he probably had to give those milk out. defunct guys like at least $40 worth of his beer to get them to carry it back to San Diego. With yeah, them, so. for sure. For it's sure. All, it all works out. Comes out in the wash. Yeah. And the big prize, Jonas, because you. Did score higher than me, although I don't like to admit it. Um, you won the catalyst from uh, Kyle over there at Crafter Brew. Uh, it's the awesome compact conical fermenter. It's made from plastic. It's over ninety percent more scratch resistant than other plastic conicals, and. 71% less oxygen permeable, low-profile design, fits snugly in your fridge or on your countertop, perfect for meads, sounds like. Uh, cleaning is a breeze, the entire lid snaps off, so you can be sure to get all the crusties off the sides and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then perhaps the best part, the giant 3-inch butterfly valve at the bottom, allowing you to attach any size mason jar for yeast collection or troop dropout or anything you want to do, craftabrew.com. Uh, those folks are giving away a catalyst. 
Yeah. Check it out. And they have a bunch That's of other cool. stuff uh, to offer too. So it's not just it's not just the catalyst. Go go check they it out. It's like Craft a medical grade plastic that's like almost like glass in the way it's like yeah, and it's and it's also like more shatterproof at the same time. So it's yeah, pretty nice stuff. Yeah. For sure. It's a good time. So uh, I appreciate that, Jonas. And uh, you know, thank you for sending your mead and uh, thank you to all of our people. Uh, let me make a note here who who do some stuff. Uh, Brian, you look like you have JP, something you want to say. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Have you seen what the free Brew Guru app can do for you? I have, but uh, I love I love the sound of your voice <clears throat> telling me more. Built for homebrewers and beer lovers, Brew Guru delivers sage brewing knowledge and money saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. The American Homebrewers Association designed this powerful mobile app to help homebrewers and craft beer lovers which is what, all of us. All of us. Explore the wild world of beer we all share. With Brew Guru, you can, A, effortless, effortlessly find deals and save money on beer, food, and brewing supplies. B, level up your brew IQ with hand-picked articles, proven recipes, and trusted resources from the American Homebrewers Association and Zymergy Magazine. And three, use powerful brewery locator, to find nearby breweries, tap rooms, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, and brew pubs wherever you are. Like basically everything you need to know around you because you don't need food. Well, oh, you can get food at the, at the tap rooms. Anyway, yeah, Brew Guru will lead you to good beer. Get the app today. Follow the path to beery enlightenment. It is free for iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Learn more at homebrewersassociation.org. Perfect. Okay. Look at you. Your yeah. first live read, man. Yeah. Um, did I do okay? You did great. I used to do like um, radio in, in college, and I always felt like a dork reading some of that stuff. I was like, ah, I, I probably just didn't have enough beer, so like that's why this is perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get out of here. What do you think? We're ready. Okay. We're ready. To, we're Rapid. ready to scram. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, sending us beers. Thank you to me personally for hand delivering uh, freshly kegged off beer. Uh, thank you to Jonas for for going through so many steps to get us some awesome meat. And we're going to talk to him next month. Um, about some other meat. He, you know, he gave us a bunch of stuff, man. What are you going to do? I'm looking forward to trying the next one, man. Yeah, man, me too. He um, knows what he's doing. Yeah, thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you, of course, to Five Star. Thank you to Craft Brew for the Catalyst giveaway. Uh, thank you to Nico Brew. Thank you to everybody. Just everybody, you've done a great job. Thank you to Grog Tag for getting that kind of stuff. Keith, thank you very much again for joining us. Thank you. I'd like uh, to thank the Academy. Yes, yeah, like uh, to thank the, everybody. Everybody gets a thank you. Throwing thank yous out like everybody. like uh, like I'm a, some sort of hooker or something like that. Um, thank you, the lady at, at Safeway who gave me good service at the checkout <laughs> right. earlier. Uh, you know, hopefully, throw out thank yous. Sure. Well, no, but like they throw other things out, like syphilis. Oh, <laughs> Brian, thanks a lot for joining us. You're and uh, it's been Dr. Homebrew, everyone. We'll be uh, we'll be back next month, I guess. See you next time. Yeah. Peace out.